And I suppose we must mention Tony Mowbray. I can't believe it's we didn't in the first half. But I didn't realise that Mowbray and Rovers chat coincide. Um, within weeks in 2017, I think, uh, Tony Mowbray's reign and Rovers chat started. There doesn't seem to be much grumbling, maybe because that first season Mowbray got Blackburn promoted back to the championship. Blackburn know their place. The Venkies aren't going to sack him. He's a very experienced manager. Of course, you're... I think he... Is he from Middlesbrough, Mowbray? Yes, he is. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's a teesider. That's very good. So so does that mean you get to chat to locals about how Blackburn are doing because of that Mowbray connection? There is a lot of similarity. A, there's a lot of similarities you mentioned about how Blackburn kind of feels. You know, obviously, it's a, it's, it's a town. It's not something that's aspiring to be a city. It's, it's very much a town, and Middlesbrough feels in a very similar way to that. And I think we are equally affected by... Um, industries that used to define the town um, going by the wayside and, and having to be replaced in, in some way or other and possibly not 100% successfully doing that. So I think Mowbray was a good fit for Blackburn Rovers certainly at that time where taking the place of Owen Coyle who obviously couldn't do much worse than that. Um, he had almost a clean slate from the time that he started and then the successful season afterwards where we did get straight back into the Championship from League One, which isn't that easy as Sunderland and um, Ipswich Town amongst others are finding out. He certainly had a a, a very positive um, opinion within the Rovers fan base. It's soured somewhat um, in the the three years that we've been back in the Championship. But... um, in my personal opinion, and you'll see this in the stat shows if you if you do watch any, is that I think that Mowbray and the staff um, are doing just about as good a job as can be expected when the budgetary constraints of FFP and the fact that we are losing fans rather than gaining them um, means that we are very much constrained of what we can bring in recruitment-wise. And if you are constrained recruitment-wise, then it, it becomes very difficult to continue to compete, especially against teams from the Premier League who come down with their parachute payments. Yeah, that's that's um, the agony. Yeah. It must be so... And, and then, of course, if anyone's any good, I mean, I imagine the chairman is being phoned up many a time about Senor Brereton Diaz. Yes, I imagine so. And... Um, I've, I've said a couple of times in public, so I'll say it again here. Uh, if I was Mike Cheston, who's the managing director in charge of finances and all that sort of stuff, I'd certainly be looking at selling Brereton Diaz in the in the January transfer window. Um, you often get a few desperate clubs needing a, a goal scorer then. It's certainly become a, a broader appeal since adding the Diaz to his name and uh, representing Chile. I think that's made his market bigger. I think it's made his value certainly increase. And, you know, Blackburn Rovers need to bring in money. It's uh, a real shame that you're going to lose all these Chilean watchers and readers and listeners. Uh, listen, to I'd, I'd, you know, if it was down to, if it down to me and down to the vast majority of fans, obviously we'd be keeping, but financial realism has got to come Great. into play at some point. Um, Roque Santa Cruz from Paraguay. So there is a, a South American connection. This season's squad, there are some names I know. Uh, Nigambe, Ayala, uh, Rothwell, who was X-Man U, Rankin Costello, who was playing for the 23s tonight, Gallagher, Bradley, Dak. Has he come back from the injury all right? Dak's just going back onto the grass again now. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, he came back from a horrific ACL injury um, in his left knee, I think, initially. And then eight games into his comeback, he ruptured the same thing on his right knee. 
So he's really been through it as the young man and he's just about back on the grass. Uh, Mowbray said last week you won't be expecting him to impact the team until the new year. That's a shame. Well, you've got Ian Pervader, which I think is how yes. you pronounce it, who is yeah. Leeds or Man City? Leeds, Leeds United, Leeds. yeah. Um, so he might come Formerly from... Man, former Man City, I believe. I think he went from Manchester City to Leeds. Yeah, which is um, good. So, so, so it's great that Marcello Bielsa is entrusting Mowbray with his development. Um, I will obviously go to Rovers chat to see his ratings and whether he's appeared in any talking points, because that is what you do at Rovers chat, uh, which we're here to talk about. And also you get your football library card. I don't know who you want on your personalised card. You can have any Blackburn figure, past or present. Wow, that's that's a big one to, to bestow. I mean, probably... Ronnie, maybe Ronnie Clayton. Um, he's Mr. Blackburn Rovers in my eyes. We've got a, a stadium, uh, part of the stadium named after him. He was England uh, captain, captain mm-hmm. 35 times for England in the 50s and 60s. Uh, went to a World Cup with England as well. So um, not many Blackburn Rovers players kind of epitomise the club as, as much as Ronnie Clayton does. And if you could get him on our uh, football library card, that'd be great. I will I will do that, and I'm sure the rest of the lads would agree with that. And also, it stops you squabbling over like Colin Hendry, Tim Flowers, and the great figures from, from the Premiership-winning team, as it was yes, then. Was there, were there celebrations on Rovers Chat last year? Obviously, it was in lockdown, but it's 25 years since that victory. Should I look at any particular videos to do with that? We've had a few smaller things, but, you know, it's funny because... As I mentioned already, a few of the lads are a lot younger um, in the group. I'm in my mid-30s now, so I'm kind of, one of definitely one of the elder statesmen. And although it's obviously a massive part of the club that we are, and it's great to have that Premier League success because it makes us one of the very few teams that, that have won it. It's almost something that they look at as ancient history now, which, you know, for me, obviously, is, is staggering. I think they often look at that Worthington Cup success or even the League One promotion or the the promotion back into the Premier League as, as great times in their life where I obviously think that's that Premier League mm. win. Um, so th- there wasn't as much maybe as you might have expected. There was a few, obviously, there was a few bits and pieces on there and, and interviews. And um, I think we, I spoke to Jason Wilcox um, in, a, in a podcast, which you can get on the Rovers Chat YouTube channel, and you'll get certainly a lot from that if you're interested in, in looking at that title win. Another Blackburn and England player. I mean, Ronaldinho yeah. these days seems like ancient history because he was before the age of YouTube highlight reels. I think he just caught the tail end of it. But there's definitely, uh, because there's pre-Bosman, post-Bosman, and now we're sort of post-oligarch. And I've gone off the Premier League. I do hope Watford go down purely from a match perspective. Obviously, £150 million uh, a season, which which goes very quickly, is something. Because I, I don't know what the budgets are at championship level. Is it like £20 million you're operating under? Yeah. I, I mean, I, it's, I struggle with per annum. I'm usually looking at things per week, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's much, obviously it's much lower in the championship and there's certainly strata to the championship as well. We already touched on the, the parachute payments and things like that from, from Premier League teams coming down. Um, you certainly look at the budget that West Brown and Fulham and um, even Bournemouth in their second season in the, in the division are, are operating under and it's much different to what Blackburn Rovers 
will be um, a decade o- away from from being in the Premier League. And, and like I say, FFP is, is biting a lot of clubs. Reading um, were under a transfer embargo this summer because of, of their extravagant wage spending compared to their to their incomings, and we weren't far behind either. Mm-hmm. 190, almost 190% of our sorry, our wages were 190% of our turnover. So oh we're, we're spending almost double what we actually make as a club on, on wages. So And obviously that doesn't take into account any other costs. Um, so Venkis, when they bought, so Venkis bought the club for £30 million in 2012, no, 2010, somewhere around then. Yeah. They've since spent another 160, invested 160 or so million in just keeping the club running, really. So it's been a huge financial commitment to them, although still obviously dwarfed by their chicken empire. Yes. The last three games you've played against, I guess we can call them championship B-sides, losing at QPR on Tuesday, having drawn at home to Coventry. Must have been nice for them to see Tony Mowbray back. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it? Was uh, no, it? What course. was the atmosphere like? Well, Coventry fans hate Tony Mowbray yes. and Mark Venus and Steve Waggett. Um, it's the same three. In fact, the I should say that the people who aren't as enamoured uh, with the running of the club at the moment would refer to them as the Coventrio um, for the way that they... Um, I think there's just some question marks as to the way that they ran Coventry in those 18 months and the way that they left them. And of course, once they had left, they went down to League Two and obviously built back stronger since and they're now above us in the table, um, which I'm sure is, is a delight for Coventry fans, but they certainly don't look fondly upon Mowbray, Venus and uh, Steve Waggett. They are the dark horses in the championship mm. this season. Obviously, 46 games, anyone can beat anyone, although Derby have shot themselves in the foot. Um, they've got another new ownership, um, Farago, incoming. We're talking on the 25th of October, the famous day that Blackburn under-23s have drawn 2-2 against Liverpool <laughs> under-23s. And I will look at uh, Rovers chat com for Dan Ainsworth's write-up. Four years it's been going. How many of the original team are still there? Well, in terms of the original team, only two, Tom and Dan. Um, I wasn't even there at the, at the beginning. I, I kind of actually joined in. I'll tell you when I joined in. It was the summer that we got promoted back into the championship. So, uh, under Tony Marbury, yeah, it was 2018. With David Raya. In goal, a, a big fan yes. of David Raya. Uh, he's now warming the bench at Fulham, I think. Um, so, you have you played Fulham yet this season? We play Fulham in two game, two games time. Oh, yeah. so by that time there will be a lot more stuff added to the silver-winning best club content creator at the Football Content Awards, RoversChat.com. It is time now because um, we've, we've done Ben Brereton Diaz why is he so good stats wise what does he do Ben Brereton Diaz has, has massively increased his kind of getting into score scoring positions and I mean that's evident in the goals that he's scored um, he has become our focal point for um, finishing our chances um, playing from the left mainly although he has been used more centrally as he was on Saturday um, but I think it's just also confidence you know I think playing alongside the likes of Alexis Sanchez, Gary Medell, you know, all of those Chilean legends that are still in and around that, that squad um, has just given him so much belief 
and then you know scoring at the Copa America, scoring in the World Cup qualifiers. If you're able to do that, then why can't you come back to the Championship and and, and do that as well? Yeah. He carries the ball exceptionally well. She's just developed a bit more of a ruthless streak this season, which has has resulted in more goals. Given that Drac Grealish went for a hundred million, do you want to put a figure on him? Uh, listen, I mean um, the contract is running towards the end of his current deal. Oh, no. Um, so that that does have a bearing, I believe. It, it's not common knowledge, but I've heard that we do have an extension in the club's favour. So if that is the case, then that lives that gives us eighteen months on his deal. So that's another reason why I believe that January is the opportune time to to sell him and maybe get double figures for him. We paid five initially to Nottingham Forest and then um, rising to seven, which I don't think. We would have to pay all of that because I believe one of those clauses was to get back into the Premier League. If we could make a profit on him, then that's 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 all well and good. I, I would I would you know put a double, a double figures on it, maybe ten million if 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 we can. Well, there is a whole lot of basically Fabrizio Romano that style of journalism. Here we go, we get money. That's I, I have no interest in that at all. No interest because it no. doesn't matter if a player goes to a club. You could get a Van der Beek situation. Thirty-five million pounds. The game has gone. Um, talking about transfer figures, who was your player of the year 2012? Striker. Yakubu. Yakubu. Always a perennial link in any transfer window because he scores goals and looks fast. Tom Kearney was player of the year 2014. Um, mm. Done brilliantly. Oh, but he'll be playing against you. Yes, he's all just come back and already back in the goals. So he always, yeah, I think he scored against us last time we played them as well. But you know, I, I love Tom Kearney. I think he's a fantastic footballer, and he's another one that we let go for a very small. I think it was only one, one point five million to Fulham. Um, although we were we were struggling at the time, and uh, and I'm sure not sure that he was played to his best abilities at Blackburn. We were very much a four four two club, and he was playing from the right kind of a number 10 almost specialist in my opinion and we just didn't have room for that kind of player when we had let me just think of the team that we had there Jordan Rhodes and Rudy Castello from you've no room for a number 10 as well as those two so um, one one that we let go uh, probably too cheap but always good to see him performing well that'd be very nice last season your player of the year was the goalkeeper I think that says a lot about your season performance but from a Rovers chat point of view how easy was it to be in touch with A, the club, B, the fans, and C, yourselves during that difficult year? It's an interesting one because obviously as a, as a group, as a channel, Rovers Chat um, grew exponentially as a result of uh, what happened because, as you say, more people want to know what's going on but without actually being able to get into the ground. So um, they're just thirsty for news where they can get it. Um, myself personally having lived away from Blackburn for a little while and also starting a young family dare I say it wasn't too bad for me it was a case of being able to watch all the games streamed um, so I was getting access to all the games still and also the results obviously you'll see in the league position I think it was 15th that we finished in weren't great that's not to say that performances were bad though and if you look on my at Andy Watson Sport there's a pinned tweet I think but still not pinned tweet anyway the, the of the season review of last season and you'll see quite a lot of positive words about the performances from last season and the data actually suggests that we are uh, we were a better team last season than what we are this season and, and yet the results 
speak the opposite. I think it, I think it comes down to your leaning as a football fan or as an analyst as to where you place that. Does that mean that what do you take more interest in the results, the performances, the points, or the goals, or the goals conceded? Um, XG, XA. You know, where do you lean? Um, I certainly lean towards performances and, and data and. Um, and what I can read between the lines and what I read, what I saw last season was a team that probably didn't deserve to finish 15th, probably deserved to finish, if you want to use that phrase, in the top half. Um, definitely not in the playoffs, but certainly around the top 10. Yeah, the second quartile, um, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. That's where Blackburn should be. So you you underperformed. Yeah. And with with a manager who is a football man, who isn't a young manager, but... Do you, do you reckon the club are pro-data? I'm sure when Sam yeah. Allardyce was there, they definitely were. Yeah, I think we are pro-data. I think that frustrates a lot of the fan base. And and I can certainly see where they're coming from. You know, points, points make prizes at the <laughs> end of the day. But the thing is, a single football match is very difficult to predict and it's very low margin. So you know as well as I do that a, a goal going in off someone's backside in the 87th minute may be the only shot that anyone had like, that, that the opponents had in the game and yeah it wins them the game and you you know there's unfairness that happens all the time so if you look at the longer trend and the way that if, if, you, if you're creating more chances than the opponents more regularly than not then I'd say that you're a good team and that you're going to win more games over a long period of time then if you look at even a 10 game period or even sometimes a 46 game period isn't even, isn't even a long enough um, spell to be able to accurately assess how good a team actually is mm. um, so you know I, I think you, should, you need to be looking at a long term approach and a trajectory that's moving you in the right direction 40, 46 games is not a lot of games can you summarise Shebby Singh in one word I don't think anybody could do that I thought that I, effective, I had a bit of nicest way of putting it that's, and that's all hyphenated. That's very impressive. Have you discussed him on the show, or do you try and leave that era behind? It was kind of so, comical alley of Blackburn Rovers. Yeah, as you say, we we kind of set up four years ago. So by that stage, I think the I think Shebby and the Venky family, Venky's family, sorry, the Rao family, as, they, mm-hmm. as I should call them, realised that what they had perhaps pursued as a strategy in the first couple of years wasn't. Um, doing them any favours. Um, so Chevy kind of moved into the background as much as he could do, um, being the kind of personality he is and maybe focus his attentions elsewhere a little bit. And that's what the big concern is really um, about the, the ownership is that they do have attentions elsewhere. And I mean, not like Jack Walker, who was obviously Blackburn Rovers was his life and he breathed everything into Blackburn Rovers. Um, you certainly couldn't say that about the current ownership. And the fact that we feel like an afterthought is galling um, to a very proud football club and, and its fans. Hey, at least you're not owned by PIF. And every every show I seem to mention the Saudis. But um, yeah, could could always, always be worse. My brother played football with Miles Anderson. So I knew yes. of... His dad, the scout Jerome, who was very instrumental in bringing Keane, Steve Keane, to the club. Yes. That... Well, uh, Keane was already part of the club. He was, uh, it was a, he was a coach in the academy, uh, and also a little bit on the first team as well. If you've ever heard Steve Keane speak, which unfortunately we have, he actually talked a very good game. 
you know he has his philosophies about the way that he wants to play and and if you remember Sam Allardyce at the time and certainly well I mean Sam Allardyce we all know about the way that he wants to play football which is very effective and data and data led as you alluded to um this isn't what Venkis wanted. I think there was a general feeling in the fan base that Sam Allardyce's football wasn't something that we were enjoying watching, um, but we knew it was going to keep us in the Premier League, uh, by and large. Um, what Venkis wanted, and as we all remember, is champagne football. And you mentioned Ronaldinho earlier. Um, he was one of the players linked to Blackburn Rovers when Venkis, he was name-dropped by Venkis and Shebby. And, and probably Jerome Anderson as well um, at the time of the takeover and, and that was the kind of direction that we were believed to be heading in um, that is not what happened of course and Jerome Anderson is my personally most hated figure to ever have been linked to Blackburn Rovers I'm sorry for mentioning him I might bleep his name out but yeah I didn't want to no, don't, don't, don't be sorry it's someone that I'd like to get the platform to talk about whenever I can so that I know that if anybody does hear it and ever tries to do business with the man, that they realise what a snake he is and what a terrible person to be involved in football. Um, and nothing against Miles Anderson at all. I've seen him play. I was actually at Hartlepool two seasons ago when he was there. Um, I saw him play. How he ever got signed to Blackburn Rovers is a mystery. Well, it's not a mystery. Not a mystery, but obviously Jerome <laughs> will be given a right to reply if he trots off at the football library. I'd also love to hear about John Barnett, the other super agent, the guy who was banned because of the Ashley Cole Farago. Uh, I'm really glad I got to talk to you, Andy. You're a fine ambassador for So Solid Rovers Chat. Roverschat.com, there's a Facebook, there's a YouTube, there's constant content, silver award winning content. Not quite as good as Sheffield United. And the four years that you've been going, the next four years, no one knows what anything will be like. What with the Super Leagues and Qatar, and Arsene Wenger wanting a World Cup every two years, and David Beckham being the face of the Qatar World Cup, which was so obviously going to happen. Um, But it remains for me to ask you very quickly, if I said, what would the Rovers chat Blackburn 11 be? The ones that you always, not drool over or salivate over, but the ones that there is a consensus. What is the best 11? Yeah, it's a good one for a consensus, because obviously with the modern leaning kind of tendencies of our um, our group, really. Um, so we still have to start with Brad Friedel and go. I had the pleasure of speaking to Brad Friedel over an hour. Again, this is available on, on Rovers' chat, YouTube channel. What an absolute legend and actually one of the best goalkeepers of the Premier League era, in my opinion. A lot of other people's opinions as well, not just Blackburn Rovers mm-hmm. fans, of course, Villa fans, Spurs fans. Liverpool. Maybe not Liverpool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe not Liverpool fans, but he speaks about that in the podcast and the reasons why it didn't work out at Liverpool, and it's all very interesting. He's written a book, by the way, so the th- Thinking Outside the Box, or is it Inside the Box? Anyway... Thinking inside, Thinking the box. inside the box. Really good book. I'm going to go with the back four because it's traditional, really. Um, I'm going to go with Henning Berg at right back because he was the right back um, during the early 90s. He came back to play centre back um, in, and got promoted from the championship as it wasn't then, but it is now. Um, Colin Hendry, you mentioned him earlier um, as a centre back, and alongside him, it's a tough one between Ryan Nelson and Christopher Samba. Um, I'm going to go with my personal leaning. I'm not sure if the group would agree that Brian Nelson is going to be alongside Colin Hendry and what a pair of yeah. brave hearts they would be. Indeed, yes. um, Graham Lassau, a left-back, the best left-back that we've had for a very long time. Certainly haven't had one as good as him recently. 
Um, I'm going to go with Stuart Ripley on the right wing. Again, 95, um, thinking in that. Also represented England, of course. Yep. Um, the aforementioned two guy has to be in there, um, if only for cult hero status. And then alongside him, the hometown hero, David Dunn. Great on the time. left, I'm, I'm eschewing Jason Wilcox in favour of Damien Duff. Um, who went on, of course, to win the title with Chelsea, but actually had his best footballing time, I believe, at Blackburn Rovers. He was just sensational just before he left. And and up front, I mean, we have uh, kind of an abundance of riches. People that I'm not picking include uh, Craig Bellamy, Benny McCarthy, um, Chris Sutton, not getting picked, Mike Newell, who was massive for us in the early 90s, um, not getting selected. We've actually had obviously Jordan Rhodes in recent times, who I think we'll get into a lot of more modern fans, 11s. Um, but I'm going to go with, you mentioned him already, actually, Rocky, Rocky Santa Cruz, who was, I mean, in fact, you know what, I'm not. I've just remembered someone, <laughs> Matt Janssen. Matt Janssen is uh, my second favourite ever Rovers player to the only player I've not mentioned yet, and we'll get to him. But the unfortunate incident that the ruined my Hansen's career yeah. has got to go down as one of the saddest kind of days almost in my in my life. Like, he was on the verge of the England squad. You've read his book. You must have read his book. I know the story. He, yeah. yeah, well, he certainly goes into a lot of detail in that, and his fight to try and regain himself, I think, is just one of the saddest kind of passages I've ever read in his autobiography and you get Steve Rogers Steve Rogers this Steve Peters the psychologist um, who works with Ronnie O'Sullivan he, he gets involved in his career and, and tries to bring him back but, but he can't he, he just he just can't come back to where he was and, and what he was was someone at 23 who had the world at his feet in my opinion and possibly a big move and definitely an England career I think so, United wanted um, him Ferguson was yeah. looking at him yeah yeah, exactly. So Matt Janssen, and then alongside him, um, the man, the legend, walking in a Shearer Wonderland. There's just never been a footballer who's come to Ewood Park who's just so good, um, and clearly so good from the very first moment he touched the ball. Uh, his debut against Crystal Palace, he knocked in two long-range efforts. You can still find them out there the very first day of the Premier League, Premiership, as you said, as it was then. His strike rate for Blackburn Rovers goal, you know, almost every 90 minutes. He, I think he got 113 and 140 odd appearances. Um, just an incredible, incredible player. And it was a privilege to go down to Ewood to see him play. Yeah, I went, up to, goals that he did. I went up to Manchester for the comic relief five-a-side that you may have watched on online that year, Sport Relief. Yes, I did, yeah. Yeah, and there was a moment where I went, oh yeah, that's him. <laughs> the guy, the yeah. guy. Um, if, if football began in 1992... He would be one of the first gods. He's a Hall of Famer. He is very well respected. And at the moment, he's allowed to walk into Blackburn, but not into Newcastle. What is his relationship with Blackburn like? Because obviously he's not seen there so much because he's Mr. Newcastle. And also he's on Match of the Day, so he doesn't get much chance to watch them. Yeah, he's, I mean, obviously he's like deified here as well, but obviously he doesn't, he doesn't take as much of the attention as, as Newcastle because he is Mr. Newcastle, but he always speaks very fondly of Blackburn Rovers. Whenever he's questioned about Rovers in the press, he's always very kind of appreciative of his time here. And um, I know it was, it was four seasons, I think it was, in total. Um, and the impact that he had on the town, the fans... Um, everybody who was connected to the club at the time cannot 
ever be understated. And he came back for um, he was. You talk about Hall of Fame. It was in uh, Hall of Fame was instigated at the club only two years ago, and he was part of the first cohort that were inducted into the Hall of Fame. So he came back there. He opened his street um, with Alan Shearer Way. It's just outside of, of Ewood Park. It's it's um, just behind the terrace houses on the main road. Mm-hmm. And um, so he opened that street, and he obviously gave interviews and and spoke um, before. Um, that that event and you know very warmly as I say about Blackburn Rovers and without and, and of course famously it's his only trophy um, winning the the Premier League with Blackburn Rovers so in fact as we speak I have um, an, an artistic impression of, of Alan Shearer lifting the Premier League trophy I'm just looking at it now and yeah it really takes me back to that day at Anfield and I wasn't there, but it, it's bringing back lots of warm memories to, to my heart. So thank you for allowing me to, to talk about him again today. Pleasure's mine, Andy Watson, uh, the stats man of Rovers Chat. Uh, 1,300-odd Facebook followers, but predominantly it's YouTube. And you're about to hit 118.75 podcasts. Sorry, that was a, that was a terrible sentence. But um, 99 is being, has been recorded, is being recorded it's being recorded on Thursday. Yeah. Jolly good. So I'll give that a listen. That, that'll be Thursday at the end of October. Um, and then number 100, are you going to celebrate something? Or is it just another It's another game? Take each one as it comes. I think we'll, we'll, we'll certainly put something together special for the 100th edition. Um, that's kind of almost where it all started with the podcast and the, and the website. Um, and it's good that we've been able to keep that kind of going for for that for that period of yeah. time and like I said to get to to get to 100 it'll be great and we'll we'll put something special together for that I might even enjoy a live watch along um, and say g'day to is it Ollie you said his name was down in yes it is it's Ollie Ollie Walker the only Blackburn fan in Oz well there must be two or three because of Shearer um, and check out this year's chats with Elliot Bennett Danny Graham and Craig Conway uh, who's next do you think Hope oh well <laughs> it's it's difficult to say. It depends who we can get hold of. I believe David Thompson's in the in the pipeline. Ooh. Um, he was he was one who played in that Celtic game I referred to earlier. And also, he was a, an FA FA Youth Cup winner with Liverpool. Apparently, didn't get on <laughs> with Gerard Houllier because Brian Barwick wrote in his book something like he was too scouse. Yeah. Well, um, I wouldn't like to comment on that. But if if we do get the 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 pleasure of speaking to, to David, I'm, I'll be sure to plug my. Um, a Scouse interpretation hey. he is in for that, for that one. He's in Gibraltar, I found out today. He's coaching in Gibraltar. Well, I mean, he'll be enjoying the uh, Mediterranean conditions then, not like it is up here in the northeast. Oh, it's gorgeous in the northeast. Very, very oh, nice oh, people. Yeah. Brian Clough, Harry Pearson, uh, Johnny Nick has moved away. Did I, I should have told you, Johnny Nicholson of Football 365 is the yeah. librarian. Uh, his new book, for, is, was football better in the old days? Obviously, if you're a Blackburn fan, yes. Um, although it would be better with the Ben Brereton and Diaz sale. You heard it here in January. Andy Watson, um, best of luck this season and onwards to goals next year at the Football Content Awards. Thank you for representing Rovers Chat. And um, what do you say? Up the Rovers. Come on, you Rovers. <laughs> Come on, you Blues. Come on, yeah, um, yeah. Maybe not so much these days. Tony Mowbray's Blue and White Army. But... Um... Any, any, anything along those lines is perfectly fine by me. Just like the library! Just like the library!